Hello and welcome to Believe and Declare podcast. Thanks for listening in. In this podcast, we share biblical truth to encourage women struggling with infertility, to help you build your faith, find healing and strength to persevere, and ensure you maintain spiritual postures that guarantee you victory. I'm your host, Yemisi Olani Yonu, and I'm glad you are here. Welcome once again to today's episode of Believe and Declare. It's an absolute pleasure to bring you the word today. Today we'll be looking at the topic, This Day Have I Rolled Away the Reproach? And we find that in Joshua 5, 9. I'll do a quick recap just to bring us up to that point where we pull the topic for today from. So we see from the beginning of the book of Joshua that God had chosen Joshua to take over from Moses. God chose him to lead the Israelites on the journey that will lead them where God wanted them to be. In the land that he had long promised to the descendants of Abraham, Joshua secretly sent two spies from Shittim to the western side of Jordan. These men crossed the river and when they entered Jericho, they stayed at the home of a prostitute named Rahab. Somehow what reached the king of Jericho that Israelite spies had slipped into the area and might be visiting Rahab. So that night the king sent soldiers to Rahab to find them. She hides them from the king of Jericho in return for their promise of protection for her and her family during the Israelite invasion and later she helps them escape. The spies climbed into the mountains as she advised and they stayed there for three days. During that time, Jericho soldiers combed the countryside and watched the road heading east looking for them. Finally, they went back to the city. Then the spies came down from their hiding place, crossed over the Jordan again, and returned to Joshua to report their findings and all that had happened. The next morning, the Israelites broke camp and advanced towards Jordan, and we are told that Jordan parted as a sign that God was in their midst. Chapter 4 covers this in details and what they did and the encounters they had at Jordan and the ordinance of memorial that was instituted from there. Which brings us now to chapter 5. For time's sake, we won't read all of chapter 5. I will read as much as I can and paraphrase most of it. So I'll read from verse 1. It says, Now it happened. When all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan before the Israelites until they crossed over, their hearts melted in despair and there was no fighting spirit in them any longer because of the Israelites and what God had done for them. I'll paraphrase the next couple of verses. I'll summarize them. We'll probably pick them up much later as we go. So God had said to Joshua to circumcise the children of Israel. Remember that the older generation who came out of Egypt all perished in the wilderness and these ones that were born were not circumcised. So God asked that they be circumcised and that happened and we're told how the process went and how and the need for it. So we get to verse 8 and it says, Then when they had finished circumcising all the mills of the nation, they stayed in their places in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach, the derision, ridicule of Egypt from you. So the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. 
And then from verse 10 to 15, we see a series of events of how they observed the Passover, what changed for them. And then we see Joshua go to Jericho. We'll take a look at some of this in details as we go along. So I won't bother reading them now so that we could save some time. I'll read to us verse 9 in the voice translation and it says, It was here where they had piled up the stones that the Eternal spoke to Joshua. On this day I have rolled away from you the shame of Egypt and the place is called Gilgal, which means circles of stone even today. So we see from verse 9 that God was saying to Joshua, to the people of Israel, that he has rolled away the shame the disgrace, the reproach of their slavery in Egypt. Gilgal could mean a circle of stones. It could mean a will. It could mean a rolling away. Today we are focusing on a rolling away. Even looking at it as a will, there are awesome discoveries in that definition as well. But today we'll just focus on a rolling away. So the shame of slavery they had endured was removed. The contemptuous ridicule, the mockery was brought to an end in that day. Now remember I said to you that God had said to Joshua that the, the children of Israel be circumcised, those who were not at the time. So they had called that place Gibeah Haraloth, the hill of foreskin, probably because that's where they, you know, piled up all the foreskins of those that they had circumcised. I'm not sure about that, but it, it was called the hill of foreskin. But God renamed it and called it a place of the rolling away, where their reproach, their humiliation, all of that was taken away. The children of Israel, generations before these ones who were circumcised today, and even before those who passed in the wilderness, they had been in slavery. And those who came out of Egypt wandered 40 years in the wilderness and still didn't make it into the promised land. Now, there are many experiences and situations that cause us to feel shame and be ashamed as we journey through life. Many times, for no fault of ours, these things happen for reasons beyond us. Just like the children of Israel experience in Egypt, just as they experience in the wilderness, we have this kind of experiences. And I like that it was recorded for us because it shows us the possibility of reproach of many years being removed in a day. I'm not sure who needs to hear this. As I was putting together the message, things took a different turn and a word came for a visionary. It's possible for you to look at this and you can situate your TTC journey in it as well. That would also be of great help to you. But I'm just going to spend some time to speak to the visionary at this instant, and then we'll come back to our declarations for the day based off the scriptures that we have read. So to that visionary who looks like you are stuck in a place and you can't see any way forward, the next words are for you. You are where you need to be at this time. Identify where you are and what the next course should be. Sometimes for the visionary, it could look like it did for Joshua. We see from scriptures that the Israelites had crossed Jordan and they were advancing towards the enemy territory, towards the land that was promised them that they were supposed to take over. Joshua's men had just crossed Jordan. They didn't walk across Jordan like that. The Lord had to part Jordan for them. Now they had come across Jordan. They were advancing towards enemy territory. And then God asked Joshua, 
to circumcise the men. So Joshua at this point had incapacitated the men of Israel in obedience to God's instruction for them to be circumcised. It looked like everything was working against them at this point. There's the Jordan they had just crossed. There's the hope they could go back, but that wasn't an option. They were going for the promised land, advancing towards enemy territory. Now the mighty men were circumcised and they were in no shape to go to war if anything happened, if the enemy came into their camp. So many times it could feel like you are stuck as a visionary, like there's no moving forward, like you have no options before you, like God has moved on and you didn't get the memo. Other times it is just you wanting to skip the process for whatever reasons. But there were about 12 things that we could take out from this story. I will share them quickly with you and then we'll go into our declaration. So there were preparatory actions and activities that they needed to take to take possession of the promise. We see that from verse 2 to 8, they had to be circumcised. There was also a period where they had to abide, they had to stay, they had to rest till they were ready, till they were whole, till they were recovered, till they were healed, they had to wait. And we see that in verse 8, it says, when they had finished circumcising all the male of the nation, they stayed in their place in the camp until they were healed. Then we also see that there was a removal of the disgrace. There was a rolling away of the weights, the burdens that they had carried. The Lord had said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach, the derision, the ridicule of Egypt from you. And that place was called Gilgal to this day. We see that in verse 9. And yet, we still see again, they still had to abide some more. And they had their first Passover celebration on the plains of Jericho. While the Israelite camped at Gilgal, they observed the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month on the desert plains of Jericho. So there was still some tarrying to be done. Even as they tarried, they had reasons to celebrate. So it's not all looking bleak. Now I focused on the Passover because we need to see what happened. Things changed for them. On the day of the Passover celebration, the old was done away with. We are told that manna ceased. That's what this generation had known. Remember this generation, they were birthed in the wilderness. This is what they had known. Manna was the meal they had come to know. And that stopped. And we see that in verse 12, it says, And the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten some of the produce of the land, so that Israelites no longer had manna, but they ate some of the produce of the land of Canaan during that year. So the things that was no longer serving them had to be removed. Now the old was taken away. And the same day, they partook of the produce of the land, something new. They started eating food grown in the land of Canaan. They ate roasted grain, flat bread made out of barley. They had a new diet. The old was gone. The new was there. The following day, we are reminded no manna fell. It was never seen again. And many times we stay here and we mourn these things. I encourage you to be on the lookout for the message called the wine skin. I'll go into details on some of these things that we are speaking on today. Now, not only was their diet new, 
there was a new source of provision. Before, manna rained from heavens and they just had to pick those. But now they had to walk alongside God. They had to go gather the grains. They had to prepare their bread. They had, they had to partner with God. And as we journey, like we see Joshua did, we need to keep beholding. We need to keep looking. Joshua saw a man and revelation knowledge broke out for him in that instance. So we will come into new places in him. And as Joshua saw the man who identifies himself as the commander of the armies of the Lord, we see that Joshua was invited into something new. Joshua asked the man, are you for us or against us? And the man's response was neither. But he tells Joshua, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. So Joshua comes into a new experience. He comes into something new. And then we see after that, he gets the revelation of how to go and conquer Jericho. So strategies of how to rule, how to have dominion was given to Joshua. So it's not a call for us to be idle. The children of Israel, in all that we read, were never idle at any point. Even when it was said that they were abiding, they were healing. And we talked about it in passing at the very beginning. We see that a new name comes forth from such experiences. What they had called the hill of foreskin was now being called the place of the rolling away. And just as I looked into this story, Elijah and Elisha popped up, and we see that. There were some similarities in the nomenclatures of places that were named in Joshua 5 and in 2 Kings chapter 2 concerning Ezekiel and Elijah. Please take some time to study it. I'm just going to paraphrase because of our time. We see starting from 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 1 to 2, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by the whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And then a similar conversation ensued between them. Elijah asked Elisha to leave and the same response he gives to him. And then we are told that they go from there again to Jericho and the same conversation ensued between them. Then we get to verse 8. And nine. Now they are Jordan, and Elisha uses his mantle to strike the water. The water parts for them, and they go across to the other side. In all of this, there are the portions of the sons of prophet which I just skipped because of time. But we see that the sons of the prophet had been mocking Elisha. They had been mocking him all the way. Don't you know your master is going today? And all of that. And then getting to the other side, Elijah asked Elisha what he wanted from him. And we know that story too well and how he says he wants a double portion of what Elijah carried, double portion of the anointing that was upon him. And Elijah tells him it was a heart in his asked for, but if he sees him when he's being taken, then he would have what he had requested. So like I said, there are some similarities in this story. We see that the both embarked on the journey the same way the children of Israel and Joshua embarked on the journey. But they started at Gilgal. Though Joshua and the children of Israel rested at Gilgal, but there is Gilgal in their story. 
They crossed the Jordan. Jordan parted for both of them. Now, if you look at the preparation, Elijah went from being a plowman, working in the fields at the start of a day to becoming a prophet of the Lord in the same day. But we do not hear much of him. And it's estimated about three years, you know, he'd been serving. So he had time. It was only after Elijah was caught up that Elisha's mission really began. You see, Elisha stayed. He wasn't going anywhere. For every time Elijah said, you know what, stay here, I have to move on. He said no, that he wasn't going to abandon Elijah. Then we see that there was the removal of disgrace for him, the ruling away of the weight. The sons of the prophet had mocked him. We see that in verse 15 and several times. They had mocked him. But you know what happened? In verse 15, we see what happened. When the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha, they acknowledge it. And they came to meet him and they bowed down to the ground before him in respect. Elisha stayed to the end. He refused to abandon Elijah. And there was a doing away with the old. He rends his garment and he clings onto that which is new, the mantle. He took hold of his own garment. He tore them. We see that in verse 12. He tore them. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood at the bank of Jordan. In the same instance, he partook of the new. He took the mantle that fell from him and struck the waters. Asking, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he too had struck the waters, the water divided this way and that, and he crossed over. Elijah was never seen again, the same way manna was never seen again. And the sons of the prophet mourned this. They came to Elisha to say to him, let's send 50 men to go and look for him. And he kept saying there was no need. But when the pressure was becoming much, he said they could. And they went three days. They searched everywhere. They couldn't find him. There was a new source of provision. From then on, he operated with the mantle, operated in the anointing of Elisha. Immediately, the men of the city said to him, Look, this city is in a pleasant place, as my Lord Elisha sees. But the water is bad and the land is barren. You can imagine that. Now Elijah has a problem before him. He has the revelation knowledge of what to do. He parted the Jordan and now he's faced with the bad water and the barren land. And he knew what to do. He had revelation knowledge of what to do. Jericho was handed to him. You see that in verse 19. They came with their problems and told him what they needed help with. The strategy to rule, the strategy to have dominion, he had it. You heard him say, bring me a new jar and put salt in it. He knew what to do. And when they brought this to him, Elijah went to the spring of water and threw the salt in it and said, Tosses the Lord. I, not the salt, are purified and healed this water. There shall no longer be death or barrenness because of it. So the waters have been purified to the words spoken by Elisha. So we see even that which was it was called bad and barren was changed. There was a name change for that situation. It was no longer called bad and barren. Then just 
some more similarities. We see that after the circumcision, Joshua went to Jericho. He took a walk, probably scouting the city or praying. Whatever he was doing, we're not told, but he goes up to Jericho and that's where he meets the commander of the armies of the Lord. But we see Elisha goes up to Jericho and he stays there as well. And both of them submit to the will of the Lord at Jericho. Like I said, this part that we have looked at was for a visionary. It was heavy on my heart as I put this message together. But I know that it is still relevant for those going through the TTC journey. You could put your journey through this and see where you are. Know what your next course of action should be. Now, if we look at the story of Joshua and the children of Israel again, we see that after the circumcision rite was completed, God said that he had rolled away the reproach of Egypt. Everything that hinders you from attaining the call of God over your life or from being who you have been called is a reproach. And God will roll that away today. You have been called the woman. You have been given the office of a woman. You were fashioned and designed to be able to reproduce. Everything that is standing in the way of that is a reproach. Today, they are rolled away in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because indeed you have sent us a word fit for purpose, a word in due season. Lord, we say thank you. And we thank you because we know indeed there is something you are said to do today is why you have sent us this word. No one will miss out on it in the name of Jesus. See in Genesis 30, 22 to 24, when God opened the womb of Rachel and she conceived and gave birth to a son, as she said, God has taken away my disgrace and humiliation. It's my prayer for you today. The disgrace and humiliation you've encountered by reason of infertility is taken away today in the name of Jesus. The reproach of barrenness, the reproach of infertility is removed today in the name of Jesus. Gilgal could denote a broad sweep of land or time. I speak over you. Your years of waiting have expired. Your years of waiting have expired. Today, every unfavorable condition in your life is rolled away. I decree that today there's a rolling away of the reproach of all those things in the past that have shamed you. Naaman was highly successful in his career, but he had a health challenge. And the reproach of skin disease was rolled away. Today, by the power of the Most High, every health challenge you are faced with is rolled away in the name of Today, you are separated from all those that taunt you that you would never get into the promised land. Today, they would see what the Lord does in your life and they will come to you and glorify God with you in the name of Jesus. Everything you are lacking that has brought shame to you, you take hold of them this day as the Lord releases them to you in the name of Jesus. Every dark law against your name is removed. The Lord deals with you in favor and removes every public disgrace. He removes every private disgrace. The humiliation you have endured in your family, the humiliation you have endured in your community, the humiliation you have endured anywhere is gone today in the name of Jesus. I declare over you no more shame, no more reproach, no more disgrace, no more humiliation. The Lord wipes away the stigma and turns it around for your good as he works out all the details and weaves them into a beautiful story. 
the Lord takes away the disgrace where you have slaved under hardship. He heals the places where the enemy has stifled you. He heals the places where you have let the enemy stifle you. I adorn you with the garment of praise. I say receive beauty in the place of ashes. Receive the garment of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. Receive joy in the place of mourning. A mantle of praise in the place of discouragement. Yes, I say receive the garment of praise this minute. Instead of sorrow, you are wrapped in victory. You are wrapped in joy. You are wrapped in praise. Instead of depression and sadness, you are wrapped in praise. Father, we thank you for blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us. We thank you for blotting out all the writings that were contrary to us. Thank you for victory that you have given us today. Thank you because indeed our reproach is rolled away today. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. I want you to spend some time and declare this over yourself again. Keep believing. Keep declaring. Don't go about sowing seed that misaligned with what you're believing and trusting God for. Remember, God is for you. God is not against you. See you same time next week. Links to download the free 7-day devotional and 7 days declaration and also to join our community are on my Instagram page, Yemisi Olani Yonu. Please head over there and download the free resources and join our community. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow, subscribe so you get notified when new episodes are posted. Please rate and review. Also share with anyone you know struggling with infertility. I hope you're living encouraged and with words that can help you get through this season. Keep believing, keep declaring. Be sure to tune in every Sunday for a new episode. Thank you.